Hey, Curtis. Hey, Oz. What do you got for us this week? This week, I got a five-part movie marriage. <laughs> We've got Daredevil meets The Prestige crossed with Heat, a pinch of seven years in Tibet, and mixed with an ad for a Hall for Hall's cough drops. <laughs> this week we've got 2005's Batman Begins. <laughs> That's a fitting five. I would I, say like I would say like three or four of them are married, and then the ad is just like like it's like the side girl. Yeah, that, that's 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 my tack out of the end for the for the yeah. for the yucks. That's the yuck factor. Yeah, the, but as I was coming up night. with them, it's like oh, normally we try to stick with three, but like ah. they all work. They all, they work. all work definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Welcome back to another week of let's talk about flicks, the weekly podcast where of course we take a monthly theme. This month being Batman. And uh, we each take turns. And this week is Curtis's week. He's bringing Batman Begins, the the uh, <laughs> the ongoing saga of Bruce Wayne reinventing himself Groundhog Day style. Yep. <laughs> and for those of you who might be wondering, how come you're not doing Batman Returns? Because two weeks ago, we did the 1966 Batman. Last yeah. week, we did the 1989 Batman. However, our logic for Batman Month yeah. is that the two Keaton the Kilmer and the Clooney Batman were all the same Batman. Right. Despite the fact that it was over two directors, Burton and Schumacher, everyone's favorite Batman director, that was all <laughs> the same... Captain Neon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was all the same Batman. So we're going to yeah. the next the next fictional uh, Batman, the next Bat-universe. Yeah. And so... And the reality of it, while we justified it that way, is there's way too many Batman for a four-week month. So there's also this that. Is, <laughs> this is the way that we that we negotiated around it. Uh, so uh, before we get too far into this week's episode, would I give a shout out to Patreon subscribers Don S and Melissa Hell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who uh, who I I found out in a in a brief conversation with Don S that they're in cahoots now. Did you know they this? they are now in cahoots? Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they were chatting the other day, and it's like you know Don S. Not 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 that I know who Melissa L is by by right, just right, you know, right. I, again that's her her fees go towards uh, you know being able to watch the movie with me so that that she's on that that tier in our Patreon yeah yeah. Uh, you and can so, join yes. it too. So, so she knows Don S basically better than I know Don S. Which means, which means we have a let's talk about flicks universe now. Let's talk about flicks verse. That's right, because there's the two of us and our mm -hmm. two Patreon subscribers, and they have now touched base. So, yeah. uh, yay! Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. By, so. by, by the way, Don S, the, the more you talk to Melissa L, just just wait for it. It's yeah <laughs> that other shoe will drop yes so. it'll come down one of these one of these days and it'll hit you uh, upside the head but we thank both of you for being loyal patreon subscribers uh you can find a link down below to uh to join the fun and join the patreon uh join the family about, yeah join the let's talk about flixiverse <laughs> uh and uh who knows maybe you already know don s or melissa l mm -hmm. and you could join in you could join in with our uh, with our loyal listeners. And, and well, well, speaking of speaking of family, there Don, Don S goes way back with a family connection. 
He does. He uh-huh. does. That's yeah. how that's how we got on his radar. So yep. uh and meanwhile I bring nobody to the table. <laughs> like, well, you're you're someone. And you know the connection with Don S as well. I, so. I do know the connection uh-huh. with Don S. I do know that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but thank you guys, and uh, I say we get into this week's episode. Let's let's get in there, Oz. I got the plot this week. So who do we have for characters? Oh, character. Batman right. Bef- begins. Be- before I jump into characters, I want to get into just a, a little um, observation I made when putting together this character list, and how I'm going to equate. Hollywood today and Hollywood of yesteryear with the evolution or de-evolution of, mm-hmm. uh, of the WWE. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of par- feel, parallels there. Yes. I feel, uh, aside from the acting, but I feel that movies back in the day, and we I don't care how far back you go, I feel like movies before everything had to be a box office hit back bef- back in the home video market days i should say when yes. people would when studios would make movies uh for quick release they'd attach some b maybe c level uh celebrity to it and it would go straight to video and it would earn it would grow some legs and earn some money uh and go that route um and so i equate that era with with the the WWF that you and I grew up with, the mm-hmm. uh, of of each week there would be a wrestling show, one show on the weekend. Whether occasionally there'd be a Saturday night main event, but yes. typically it was like Sunday oh, morning. Oh, I, I so look forward to the Saturday night main events. Oh yeah, it was great. But the the thing is, is you had multiple wrestling matches, mm-hmm. minimal talking. And some of my favorite parts of the show, and I, I didn't really appreciate it then, but I do now, is you had jobbers. You yes. had people that, that <laughs> I loved it because they'd come back from the commercial and one of the, one of the wrestlers was already was in the ar- ring. It was already in the ring, yeah. No <laughs> intro, no music. The Brooklyn Brawler was already yeah. in the ring. Yes, or or Iron Mike Sharp, or yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> that guy. or just really whoever, whatever like local guy yeah, wanted yeah. to to get in the ring. Um, and I loved it because they'd throw a Jake the Snake would come down and wrestle some jobber and yeah. and and make a match out of it. And and it's like the WWE now is everybody has an entrance, everybody's mm-hmm. got entrance music, everybody's a superstar, like. Um, and so with their biggest superstar, I feel like nobody's really a superstar. So yeah. the roundabout way here is when I'm putting together this cast of characters for, for 2005's Batman Begins, everybody on this cast is a somebody. Yep. Yeah, you don't have you Michael know, Michael Goo as, right. <laughs> as Alfred or Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon. Exactly. And so even if you go back to like Sean Connery's run of James Bond movies, if you pull out... You know, you you watch you watch one of those with just an average movie fan, and you say recognize anybody? They're gonna go, yeah, that's Sean Connery, and that's it. Yeah, like you know, like you and I would recognize a Christopher Lee, or we'd recognize a Donald Pleasance, mm-hmm. or, or or a Yafet Koto, but <laughs> but Good old by Yafet. large, n- nobody else gets recognized because everybody's just a jobber. Yeah. Um, 
the same way goes with like early horror or horror the horror industry in particular like sure. you put on friday the 13th now recognize anybody yeah that's kevin bacon and that's it that's mm-hmm. all you recognize but and but you just can't they don't do that today no. everything's got to be superstar laden which makes everything big budget which means nobody can have a ch- no movie has a chance of striking out everything has to have a tentpole date everything has to have a big hollywood release uh, well, and yeah. that's why we don't have every, I mean, you've got the indies. Yeah. But by and sure. large, if it's coming out of Hollywood, it's going to go to a theater or it's going to make big bucks on streaming, but everything's got a, everybody in the cast is recognizable. Well, it kind of going back to your analogy there with like, you know, the, the studio just dropping kind of random movies. Sometimes they grow legs. Sometimes they don't, um, you know, it, and, and I am guilty of this to an extent, but like, you know, you have your, your movie franchises, you know, every, everything is a, yeah. fran- is a franchise now, you know, of course yeah, you've got your Marvels, your Star Lords, or... your Pixars, your DC, you know, in the end, there's going to be another Lord, Indiana Jones coming Rings, out. Your Lord of the Rings, your Game of Thrones, yeah. your, and, yeah. and, and some of those are fantastic quality and done very well. Um, but you know, it, it, it shows that like there, there has to be these through lines because the studios are, you know, are for you know more and more now than ever before you know they want to they want a safe bet to put out there they want to make sure they make their money back or they profit you know they're, they're not right. going to take take a chance throwing 60 million at some one-off movie that's not going right. to potentially be a part of a franchise which is frustrating because we've known each other long enough that i really think a lot of what of where you and i mesh in in filmography is is those chances mm-hmm. um, your maximum overdrive? Your Repo Man? Your you know your the thing? Mm-hmm. Your Big Trouble Little China? Like yeah, they got Hollywood releases, but they weren't ever really expected to make money. It was yeah. just back when when film was cheap and actors were cheap, and if we can get a star and then a bunch of a, a bunch of just you know union wage workers, yeah. we're good to go. Uh, but they don't have that, and I just I just it's missing. And so everything's got such high regard before it even comes out that some things are just doomed to fail because they're going to fail. Um, you know, occasionally you catch lightning in a bottle and, and you got something that surprises you. But uh, I think that just the merging of, like you said, we've got franchises, mm-hmm. we've got, you know, uh, we've got universes, we've got a, per- but it, combined with we're also out of ideas. Yeah. You know, of like, Let's bring back. Oh, let's remake uh, Child's Play. Let's do that again. Oh, let's uh, let's make another Fletch movie. Uh, you know, it's like it's it's just yep. this constant regurgitation <laughs> of old ideas. And because they, but it's like I just feel it's so bizarre that how the people in charge of Hollywood seem seem so tone deaf about how how Hollywood should work. Yeah. It's it's like. They were a hit then yeah. because they were such a niche, and you're now taking that niche and you're trying to spread it out to everybody, and it's just not going to work. If I had a nickel for every time over the past dozen years, I ran into somebody on the street, and they're like, you know what movie franchise we need to bring back? Fletch. Yeah. The, the drum beat <laughs> for that movie has been beaten loud for years, <laughs> folks. And finally, yeah. finally, Fletch is right. back. But like you said, we're coming back with another Indiana Jones. We're not, we're not reinventing it. We're going to go back to the well. Mm-hmm. We're coming out, you know, Hollywood's coming out with another Beverly Hills Cop movie. And we're going to, we're going to go dig out Judge Reinhold and we're going to bring, and it's like, that's fine. We got another I Bill watched, and Ted movie a couple years ago. Yeah, and I, it was I, watched, <laughs> I watched the Coming to America sequel. And again, mm-hmm. the same thing. It was meh. 
I enjoyed it for nostalgia purposes. The movie itself was terrible, but I really appreciated like you that they like they made that movie and they hit everything. Like at mm-hmm. one point, they're back in the bar and they're. Do you remember with like almost like the speed dating scene in the bar? And there was the two yeah. twins that were like beatboxing. Like yep. those two twins are back in a row. Oh, really? Yeah, because I haven't, like, I haven't yeah. seen the sequel yet. Right. And, and so it's fun. It's not good, but it's fun. It's like they understood what they were doing there. Like we're going to yeah. we're gonna make Coming to America. We're going to do the same thing again. But you know what? Everything that was great about the first one, we're going to sprinkle in here for the, for our fans. And so, yeah. um, you know, and I'm like, it, it is what it is. And I know we're being nitpicky, but... That's what I felt like putting this cast of characters together. Sure, which I'm going to get to right. Which I'm going to get to right now. Yeah, who's in this movie, um, guys? I separated this uh, kind of the good, the goods versus the bads um, to try to keep the cast list somewhat small. Sure, uh, we've got um, you know on our on our good guys, we got Batman, Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bale, uh, his right hand man slash father figure, Alfred, played by uh, Michael Caine, mm-hmm. which. Uh, which I coincidentally right now I said my cocaine just so I could say his name the way he pronounces it. Played by Michael Michael Caine. Caine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rachel Dahls played by Katie Holmes. Jim Gordon played by the magnificent Gary Oldman. And Mm -hmm. Lucius Fox played by everybody's Robin Hood sidekick Morgan Freeman. (laughs) So Prince of Thieves. uh, Right. So those are the good guys. The bad guys are Mm -hmm. Ducard. I just left him as Ducard. Uh, That's fair. Ducard played yeah. played by Liam Neeson. Uh, Doctor Crane slash Scarecrow played by Cillian Murphy. Oh, I, lo- I enjoy. I, I love he's, Cillian Murphy. He's great. Yeah. Uh, Raz Al Ghul played by the uh, very underrated Ken Watanabe, mm-hmm. um, who I don't remember what movie came out shortly before this, but he was riding high on on some movie that came out, and then it's like we'll plug you in here for eight minutes, uh, sure. and then the the. The who then the baddie who thinks he's the the baddest of them all, but actually is the least uh, the least intimidating is Carmine Falcone, played by Tom Wilkinson. So <laughs> and, and boy, I could and go boy on did, and on. Boy, did Tom Wilkinson play that role? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't he come did. down here with your anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fear. Fear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It's a reason why it's like they only shot him in like a bar slash restaurant. It's because yeah. it's like, well, if you're going to eat the scenery, we might as well sit you yeah, at the table. Yeah, might as well put the food in front of you. Oh, my goodness. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Tom Wilkinson, it, could, it might as well have been Anthony Hopkins. So. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Hopkins meet Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> So those are those are the cast. There could have, I mean, it could have gone on and on. Sure, and on, sure, sure. Uh, but but I think those are those are the bread and butter of the, of the role. <laughs> that so. works. All, All right. right. Who do you got? What do we got for plot? Let's jump into the plot, folks. Uh, we got a cool little scene, uh, like at the beginning, with like bats flying to create the logo in the sky, like the bats cluster into a bat. I thought that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I know it was probably completely practical. I don't think that was digitized. Yeah, they were actually they, just doing, doing some test shots. And, and, you and know, bat, yeah. <laughs> bat wranglers. <laughs> bats, by the way, folks, you may not realize this, but bats in the wild, they always fly in certain formations. Yeah. And they, and they very make the, symbol, symbolistic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They just like, just like Bruce Wayne, they love their symbols. And in this mm-hmm. case, they flew together to form a bigger bat. Yeah. It's, it's fact. It's the psych- heard it here. psychology of bats. Look it up, folks. Yeah, um, let's talk about facts. 
<laughs> that podcast drops Fridays, but <laughs> right. uh, we got a little sequence between young Bruce and young Rachel playing finders keepers in the garden. Uh, Bruce falls into a well. Like Timmy, How did he not. <laughs> It's like, t- like Timmy falling into the well. Right, right. And he sh- he should be dead. Yes, he should. He fell like 30 that was, feet. That was a very long fall. And he just was like, ugh. Uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was it was quite the fall. But yeah. that's all right. Because because uh, Daddy was there to tell him it's okay. It's it's okay. It's okay, Bruce. I, remember when, we, I oh, yeah. remember when we saw this in the theater. <laughs> that's all we did for the next six months. It's okay. It's okay, Bruce. It's, it's okay. It's okay, Bruce. It's AS, ASMR. It's okay, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I do. I remember I leaned over and uh and oh you about spit out your, your drink. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like the most the most like inopportune time. Yeah. It was not a funny moment, but No, was, no, but but more jerks, so we made it funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's okay, Bruce. It's okay. It's okay, Bruce. Like lifted up his stethoscope. It's okay. It's <laughs> 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 uh so br- little little timmy's in the well and the lassie's not there to save him so uh a bunch of bats fly in and so uh bruce right. is that's that's where uh bruce gets his fear of bats just to keep the st- our storytelling a little more linear i'm gonna jump ahead uh in the film but for the linear storytelling uh, later on in the film, you know, we get the sequence where Bruce and his parents are going into the city. They're taking the new monorail system that Thomas Wayne funded. They go to the theater, and of course, in, on the in the theater, uh, the performance is people dressed as bats, which freaks out Bruce, and right. and they leave. And Joe but Chill, it's it's, it's okay, yeah. Bruce. <laughs> it's it, it's okay, Bruce. It's okay. And, and so Joe Chill, the mugger, comes out, and and you know, one of the most famous. Scenes in, in comic book and film history, you know, the how many rendition of this, Joe Chill mugs them, kills both parents, and then and in this one, as Thomas Wayne is lying there dying, looks up at Bruce and says it's okay. It's, it's okay, Bruce. It's, it's okay. It's, right. it's okay, Bruce. Yeah. I am good. And even um they take they there's a little little follow up to that, and again just to just to reinforce the fact that we're jerks and find humor in things that aren't humorous. Uh, back at the station with young Bruce, Gordon comes up and sits him down, sits down little Bruce, and it, it's okay. Even Gordon it's tells okay. him it's okay. Yeah, it's all good. It's okay. I love it, too, when, when the police chief comes in to this orphan child and yeah. says, good, says, good news. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that at the same time. Good news. We, we got him. We got him. Oh, oh, thanks. Second to bring mom and dad back. <laughs> right. We got good news, Bruce. We got great news. I just, just when you thought you, <laughs> I just, just when you thought your life sucked. We got good news. We got for good you. news. I just saved fifteen percent of my car insurance. <laughs> it's, like, it's set up like a Geico commercial. <laughs> well, your folks are still dead, but yeah. You know, I'm saving yeah. sixty three bucks a month. <laughs> right. What, you want to get away for a while? <laughs> oh, moving on. Uh, we've got older, beardier Bruce waking up at a prison in Asia. I'm guessing. I, I <laughs> by choice. By yeah, choice. Some I'm somewhere in in su- southern Western Asia. I I, I don't it's know. Tibet. I don't know. It's somewhere. Yeah, somewhere yeah. where it's snowy and. It's not he's definitely not Eastern Asia, but yeah, and uh, it, it, he's in a prison. Um, that the other inmates are coming after him, trying to 
trying to make a name for themselves going after Bruce Wayne there. Uh, and Bruce beats up like six guys. They throw him in solitary. And, yeah. and Henri Ducard. Yeah. Played by... Liam Neeson. Yep. Played by Qui-Gon. Comes out of the shadow. <laughs> I represent Ra's al Ghul in the League of Shadows. I know who you are, Bruce. And I'm going to offer you a path to serve true justice with the League. And so Bruce is like, well, I got nothing else to do. <laughs> I've worn out my welcome yeah. here. Yep. So, uh, tomorrow, find a flower on the side of the road, climb up this mountain, and we'll talk. And so that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Bruce picks this blue flower, goes up this mountain, and, and there he is. He, uh, there's a big fortress on the top of this mountain. Henri Ducard is there. Uh, yeah, he gets, uh, he gets halfway up and almost like this little village, you know, yeah. a couple of little, you little know, huts. Like, yeah. And, and, and like the towns, the townspeople, like the residents are like, go back. Like, yeah, turn you, back. You know, yeah. And Bruce doesn't because well, curiosity I mean, killed the bat. So. Well, I mean, what else is he going to do at this point? He's right. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. He's already, he's already three quarters of the way up the mountain. I mean, he already <laughs> picked his little blue flower. Was he going to go, yeah, we'll go put it back? He's already got his fear flower. Yep, his fear flower. So they get up to this fortress, and Ducard's there, and Ra's al Ghul, Ken uh, Watanabe, is there. Uh, and a they bunch of ninjas. Him. And a whole bunch, lot of ninjas, yeah. Bunch of ninjas. whole lot of ninjas. Uh, Bruce says, I seek the means to fight injustice, to turn fear into to turn fear against those who prey on the fearful. And Ducard tells him, well, to manipulate the fears of others, you must first master your own. And then attacks Bruce, who's been climbing up this mountain. He's weary. Right. He was, he's, you know, he's still less than a day from getting beat up in prison. Yeah, Bruce likes, he actually looks at him. He's almost like, right now? Like, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Seriously? Fear does not wait. And then, you know, roundhouse kick in his suit. <laughs> it's okay, Bruce. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's written on the bottom of his shoe. Yeah. <laughs> so later they start training. Bruce shares his guilt with Ducard over over the death of his parents. Uh, Ducard's kind of a kind of a jerk. He keeps inferring yeah. that he knew of Bruce's father and that Bruce's father was weak. So there's yeah. kind of a through line there that right. that, that they see it early on here. That everybody everybody could pick up, but Bruce apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they train. They're doing. There's that that cool uh, sword fight on ice sequence they yeah. have there. It is cool. Mm-hmm. The mind your surroundings, all that. Yeah, bit. Bruce wasn't Bruce wasn't paying attention to the cracks of the ice. No. So, Ducard, Ducard encourages Bruce to lean into his anger and seek vengeance. There's also some cool ninja stuff where like yeah. <laughs> Really, who talks this way? <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson does. Right. Well, and Christian Bale. Like, they show up and, why are you here? I'm here to face down justice in the end. Seek vengeance against those. <laughs> and I'm like, like, it's fine and all, but I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are not road scholars. Like, <laughs> they, pull their, like... they pull their scrolls out with their, their, <laughs> right? their, their quill guys... and... Yeah, you guys speak like thesauruses. Like, come on. <laughs> Who talks like that? Or <laughs> nobody. We're smart guys and we don't even talk like that. <laughs> There's uh there is some cool ninja stuff there. Part of there the training, is. in addition to the uh, you know, the sword fighting and the physical elements. Um Ducard is also teaching Bruce about like using explosive powders uh, for the purpose of deception, misdirection, theatricality. 
sort of, you know, like creating a symbol, yeah. creating a persona for yourself. Yeah. And also, uh, those cool metal gauntlets also. Um, yeah, with the, with the, like the... Like the, like the almost, like the hooks on them. On them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, real cool. Um, there's another kind of flashback from the flashback then. Uh, to, <laughs> he's like home from college, Bruce is back from college. And um, he's still Christian Bale's age, though. Yeah, but he has bangs. He has bangs right, he here, has, so he's he has bangs. Younger. He has bangs and, and like a pea coat. So he's he's college Bruce. Yep, he's got the pea coat. He's got bangs. He's in college. Clearly, he's younger because those are the things I, that college people as, do. I do. I really enjoy this movie. I would have got. Oh my gosh, I would have loved it if they still had. Like if they had Bruce portray young Bruce, <laughs> like like how they had John C. Riley portray young Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> like like I'm Dewey's twelve like, year old girlfriend. <laughs> like Chris, Christian Bale pretending to be a nine year old is chasing around this little nine year old girl. <laughs> chasing around young Rachel. <laughs> falls falls like, in the well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I would have been great, but uh, maybe next time, yeah. Christopher Nolan. So Bruce, Bruce, college age Bruce comes back to town because Joe Chill is gonna is potentially gonna get released. He was uh, prison mates with with uh, Gotham mobster Carmine Falcone, and he's got some dirt on him. So they're yeah. letting Joe Chill, who killed Bruce's parents, testify against Joe Chill to reduce his sentence. Bruce brings a gun. He was planning on gunning this guy down right there, broad daylight, in the middle of the courtroom. Takes one to know one. Yeah, that's vengeance right there. Yeah, that's right. And instead, uh, Joe Chill gets murdered by one of Falcone's goons. Um, and then, yeah, Fal- Falcone, he's just he's back in his place in Lower Wacker Drive in Chicago. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's just living it up. <laughs> yeah. He's surrounded by, you know, city councilmen and a ju- Judge mm-hmm. Fagan. And yep. He's got them all on the payroll. He's got this dent. This dent. This is his town. Yeah. Bruce walks in to confront him, and this is a word you don't understand. <laughs> don't come down here with your anger. Oh, Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> yep, the Points t- a gun right in his face. Yeah. Well, your Bang. family, your family, your little DA girlfriend. Bang! 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 I, just, I wish there was a little flag that said bang. That yeah, they came out, out. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's no. that's when Bruce ended up running off for seven years to uh, his seven years in Tibet to go train and whatever. not before he gives not before he gives his last pride prize possession his coat yep. gives his coat to a homeless guy yep and so, all his cash mm-hmm. but so back to the present uh, Ducard kind of has like a pestle and mortar and he takes that blue flower that Bruce brought up. And he turns mm-hmm. it into, like, like he pestles it up, but he turns it into, like, a hallucinogen. I love the sequences in this film, Oz, where you get the POV shots of, oh, the, yeah. of the people under the, the hallucinogen. Yeah, it, they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's it, it, it's just just the camera work that goes into it, too. Like, yeah. it's it's tricky editing to, to do that, like, twitchy effect, but keep your subject like mm-hmm. still in focus and so yeah I, I do too i really enjoyed them yeah so basically bruce is now hallucinating under the effects of this drug and then he has to face this challenge of ducard like 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 stepping in and out of 20 other ninjas concealing himself and then attacking bruce and bruce ends up identifying who he is out, and out of this this mishmash of ninjas now 
they're they're they tell him Roz and Ducard are like, hey, you are ready to lead the League of Shadows. You're gonna be That's our right. you're gonna be our general in the front line with these ninjas taking down uh, worldwide societies. And and to prove it, your last thing you got to do, you got to kill this guy. You got to you got to chicken. Yeah, you got to you got to kill this local. Right. And Bruce is like, nah, brah, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nah, brah. I'm out. Out. <laughs> I'm out. Be five thousand. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> so Bruce, kids, the kids still say all that, right? They do. They do. I, I heard several of the kids say it just yesterday at the school <laughs> right. I work at. To you, because yes. that's how you speak to children. That's that's exactly <laughs> how I speak to children. Like like it's 1998. <laughs> yeah, Seacrest out. Yeah, <laughs> kids. The kids love that. The high school I work mm-hmm. at. I think it's, it's like Steve Buscemi to skateboard. <laughs> hey, lo- hey, local youths. <laughs> Hello, fellow young people. <laughs> so Bruce says, no, he's not going to kill this guy. And instead, he flicks this like hot, these like hot embers into the yeah, explosives. They're going like, to like brand him. Yeah. So the place is immediately just like going up like a fireworks factory. It's a gas castle. It it's like the it's like the fireworks factory in a naked gun. Where, where yeah. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. I'm here. For, I'm here for the guzzling. Nice. It's just yeah, like it does. It's like they made they made their fortress of wicker. Yeah. <laughs> wicker and sparklers. I know. It went up in a hurry. Those are load bearing sparklers. <laughs> right, yeah. Load bearing sparkler. So this place is going up. Uh Ducard gets knocked out. Uh Roz looks like he dies. Like like this like big burning log basically falls on him and Yeah. So he he's done. And so Bruce grabs Ducard's unconscious body and he and gets him out of there. He saves Ducard, but then uh, then he leaves. Alfred picks him up in some private jet and some runway in the middle of nowhere, and yeah, back to Gotham. I, I may have forgotten. Did we see that phone call to Alfred? No, we didn't. Like, no, okay. So no. Alfred just probably he's probably set up the bat signal. He did. Did. he did. He did. You could see it from Nepal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, back in Gotham, uh, we we get to know Rachel Dawes a little bit better. She's an assistant DA, and she's confronting local psychiatrist. Jonathan Crane, played by... Is it Killian or Cillian? I don't know. I've, I've always heard Cillian, but okay. either way. Played by C. Murphy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and, and she's mad at him. He declared another one of Falcone's goons insane and moved to his asylum. And like, this is the third time this has happened. What's going on here, Crane? Uh, and so later, uh, Falcone confronts it, Crane. Yeah? It is it is Killian. It's a, it's a hard C. It's a, yeah, like a hard K. I just looked it up phonetically on Wikipedia. Okay. Killian so, Murphy, like Killian's Killian. red. Killian. That's right. He's an Irish actor, so that's why it's Killian. There's some, like, 80s or 90s action movie where the bad guy's name is Killian, and I can't remember what it is. It's not, um, oh, God, it's not um, Running Man, is it? Is there a Killian in Running Man? No, I don't think so. It just—it sounds like the like the name of a bad guy. Like like every '80s bad guy should be named Killian, right? So, anyways, so uh, we get to know them a little bit. Uh, Falcone confronts Crane like this. Da sniffing around a little bit too much. You still want your shipments, right? 
So Crane, uh, through Falcone, is having these drugs shipped in. Crane infers that there's a he who's behind this, who's pulling his strings. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, that'll definitely uh, come out, come back later here. It's a um, small world, after um, all. It is. It's okay, Bruce. It's okay. So back at, uh, back at Wayne Manor, Bruce sees a bat trapped in his room, and he gets an idea. Gets an idea hmm. from watching this bat. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder where this is going, Oz. <laughs> I don't know. So Alfred says that these oh this bats it here again. They're nesting on the ground, and so Bruce is like, huh? He goes down the same well that little Timmy fell back fell into when he That's was eight. Right. And this is where I'm going to set up shop. This is going to be my cave, <laughs> right here at the bottom of the well. Yep, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little tight, but. <laughs> It's like Steve Martin like falling in love with the with like the uh like the cleaning supply closet and, and the jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. He's this is where he's gonna set up shop. Um Bruce that night puts on some like body armor and um uh, and a ski mask and um he goes and conf- and he finds Gordon. He's trying to shake yeah. shake Gordon down for some info as well as kind of get an ally there, right, Oz? Very much so. And again, just like last week, this is obviously like the beginnings of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about that, you know, with Keaton's Batman. Uh, you know, he'd only, he'd been like breaking up small crimes. Like yeah. he was enough that the police were aware of him, but that they were unsure of his motives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're really even earlier in the play here of, you know, like Wayne's got some interest in what's going on with, with organized crime, you know, and of course he's got a little insider with Dawes at the DA. And so, but he does, he, he sniffs out very quickly that, that Jim Gordon is, he's, he's a straight cop. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he's not on anybody's payroll. And so he, he may be the link to, to getting in, you know, getting the information I need, having, yeah. Having somebody on the inside, which yep. is kind of ironic because every other cop seems to be on Falcone's payroll and Gordon kind of, you know, indirectly is now on Bruce Wayne's payroll, mm-hmm. kind of. Only he's not getting paid. It's just because they stand for, <laughs> they stand for justice. Yeah. So he's found an ally in Jim yep. Gordon, Sergeant Gordon. Uh, next day at Wayne Enterprises, Bruce uh, goes in to talk to Rutger Hauer, talk to yep. Roy, Roy Batty. Yeah, <laughs> who's been running the who's been running Wayne Enterprises, and yeah, I, I I don't care about leading the company right now. I just I wanna I wanna get to know the company that yeah. uh, that my father built, and and Rutger Hauer's like, yeah, well, we're gonna make it public soon anyway, so you know, yeah. shares are gonna get bought out. You wouldn't understand that that technical yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's too. Yeah, you what do you know? Yeah, you don't know anything. Yeah, Rich. yeah, Rutger Hauer is very slimy. Yeah, you know, he's, he is. He's your, he's, well, he's probably your stereotypical, like, CEO. Not, I don't yeah. even know if he's CEO, but e- just like. Evil businessman. Yeah, yeah, he's e- your evil businessman. Evil, greedy businessman. <laughs> yep. And so uh, Bruce is like, ah, applied science. That that department sounds good. And so he goes down and he meets Morgan Freeman down there. He meets Lucius Fox, who's basically got a drawer full of kooky military-grade inventions right. that, yeah. that were too expensive for the military to purchase. Yeah. But yeah, he is he is uh, he is the cue to yes. to Batman's James Bond. He's the one with all the fun. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Exactly, CO two powered grappling guns, 
uh, military-grade body armor, mm-hmm. uh, potentially the tumbler. I was going to say the tumbler. <laughs> the tumbler. <laughs> not not a series of plastic cups that you get at Pizza Hut, but <laughs> a, a four-wheeled tank. Yeah. So Bruce has got these weapons now, and uh, he and Alfred are, are working together to acquire more tech and more info and build out the costume. And... Yeah. And so kind of from the information Gordon gave him, Bruce figures out that the shipments are coming in uh, through the docks. And so we get an incredibly fun little horror sequence here, Oz. Oh, yeah. Where, I really where Batman this, makes yeah. his first appearance down at the down at the docks. Falcone is there because uh, this is a big shipment coming in. And also Flash, who's Gordon's super dirty cop partner, is there overseeing everything. A little extra muscle, a little extra protection. And we see Batman for the first time. It is a horror sequence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, one of the goons goes looking one of the cans, you know, just mm-hmm. and the, the big, you know, the big storage containers, and uh, you know, Batman's already inside of it. You yanks him in. Uh, it, it is. It's just this fun little, you know, playing on the fear, which is yeah. It's you know by far the very obvious underlying tone and theme of the yep. movie is fear, 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 fear. So here's Batman and his first attempt to and you know to inflict fear upon the bad guys yeah and he does it we got one of those fun sequences it's kind of a callback to the 89 keaton movie in a way uh where uh there's a bad guy who's kind of he's kind of backing up he's backing up in the frame where are you and he bumps right into batman right here yeah we get the same thing when uh you know falcone is you know he's the only one left he's in the limousine Mm -hmm. you know and he's saying to himself you know who is this guy and then you know Batman yanks him up through the through the sunroof and yeah. I'm Batman and then you know they take off. I see Batman has increased the weight limit of his grappling hook. Yep, it couldn't carry Vicky <laughs> Vale last week, but it can carry Tom Wilkinson this week. Yep, <laughs> straps him to a spotlight, and it just so happens that as as he's slumped over the spotlight, it kind of looks in the shape of a bat, which is I thought kind yeah. of a cool intro for yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Um, some goons go after Rachel. She's taking the train home, and uh, Batman takes out the goons that Falcone sent to kill her, uh, and he gives Rachel some uh, some picture some picture dirty pictures of the dirty judge to try to right. get leverage on this guy because again you need leverage against Falcone. It was probably yeah it was it it was <laughs> specify it wasn't like dirty pictures of him like him posing a lingerie. <laughs> well, well, I think I think uh, some kind it of. Was- yeah, some it was kind of... him up to it was him up to no good. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he shows up like he comes down dressed as a like a man and he dressed like a human bat and he just hands these like nudie pictures of a big overweight judge. <laughs> You're <laughs> gonna like think? these, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> she shoots him with her taser and it doesn't phase him. And instead, he hands her he hands her like <laughs> softcore porn photos. <laughs> Take a look at these. <laughs> you might want to show these to his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I could get you more. <laughs> so the next day, Bruce wakes up at 3 p.m. Alfred wakes him up. He immediately drops to the floor to do push-ups. And then, I've uh, tried to do that. I yeah. can't do it now. I've tried doing that. It, just it fall straight over, like 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 not, like ninety degrees, just straight down. Yeah. yeah. Shortly after this is out, I'm like, that looks cool. I wonder how practical that is. 
Christian Bale in his build can do it. If you're not quite in Christian Bale's shape, I recommend not trying it. Two broken wrists later. <laughs> yeah, like my like my shoulders shot back out my skin. I looked like pumpkin head when I stood up. <laughs> nice chicken wigs. <laughs> Who got to you, Bob Backlund? <laughs> nice. Alfred tells Bruce that, you know, Bruce Wayne basically needs an alibi. You're this rich guy who does yeah. nothing. People might start putting two and two together, which uh, we were talking about pre-show about how this movie is very grounded in reality and science. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's an eventuality that, you know, kind of, you know, you, you poke holes in the whole Bruce Wayne Batman mythos. Like, you're this rich guy. How many people have the resources to be Batman? Right. Well, and I even joked about it last week of, like, you know, how... Uh, Bruce Wayne before he was Batman already had a Batmobile already had the Batplane mm-hmm. like like and they're shaped the way they are it's like where did you get those things before like mm-hmm. you know but but they do a much better job of in this in the in the Nolan universe of yeah. grounding it in uh, reality I mean nobody is larger than life yeah. everybody is human and and it's just based in something that's believable yeah so basically he turns bruce wayne into a character into into a different kind of symbol a bumbling a bumbling uh, narcissistic shallow playboy because it cut it cuts to him basically being out on the time with a woman on each arm and a fancy car you know just buys the hotel when they tell him that is your Mm -hmm. dates can't swim in the pool well i'm gonna buy the hotel then yeah uh runs in because that's what you got to do you just you just write a check to the waiter yeah and just, just put it in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, runs into Rachel, who basically, he, he wants to tell her that this isn't me, but he, he can't without revealing right. himself. And, right. she, and she says to him, it's not who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. A line we'll hear yeah. again a little later in the movie. Uh, oh, yeah. We also find out that uh, Wayne Enterprises had a, had a big shipping boat that was intercepted and a microwave transmitter something that quickly evaporates the water in the area was taken i wonder if that's yeah. going to come back also as i don't know probably not mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I don't see anything in this movie that actually ties itself up at the end yeah so. never not, not in a chris <laughs> nolan movie <laughs> no no uh crane we get back to him i love that i love killian murphy in this movie I so good too. this is uh, he, th- i Despite the right. fact that Tom Wilkinson is awful in this movie, um, I love the scene where where he goes to uh, to Falcone in prison, mm-hmm. and Falcone's kind of <laughs> is, is kind of shaking. Lock me up! I'm crazy. You know, yeah. I can't take it in here. <laughs> you know, he's just he's almost like going. He's almost like make almost like he's making fun of himself for going overboard. Like he's he's comically yeah. going overboard. In, <laughs> like a, he's doing scene. a caricature is, of his own awful performance. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Uh, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Falcone tells Crane, like, you got to help me out. Otherwise, like, I know about your shipments that are coming in. Like, mm-hmm. that's like, I can bring you down from the inside. No problem. Right. And so Crane looks super annoyed. Would you like to see my mask? Right. It's such just a weird, like, just timing and question of it. Like, yeah. Let me, let me show you something. Let me show you my mask. And I love how Killian Murphy, like, he's clearly annoyed and upset that, that this guy got the upper hand on him. So, right. would, would you like to see my mask? Yeah. Okay. Your time's up. <laughs> so, he gasses Falcone with this same hallucinogen, a more concentrated version of it. 
and then you get the POV shot of Falcone oh, yeah. just freaking out and a moment yeah. of what it looks like to Falcone, what Crane looks like with this like potato sack mask on. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, the, the mask itself is creepy enough. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, it's definitely what everybody sees when they look at him that mm-hmm. that drives that fear. Yeah. <laughs> Such a cool scene. All all the scene, like you said earlier, all the scenes where you get where you get the fear toxin and yeah. then the point of view Love right it. afterwards yeah. are so cool. Batman visits Gordon at home to build trust. Gordon says you should you know, basically you should talk to my partner. Who Batman but Batman does. And then we get another yeah. little a little good uh like movie trailer moment here. Where are the other drugs going? Oh, I don't know. I swear to God. Swear to me. <laughs> okay, I swear to Batman. I don't know where they are. You're my new deity. <laughs> I, I want to consider you a demigod, though. I worship at your altar. I t- where, can I, where can I tithe? I, I, you beat me to it. I was just going to go tithing. There's 10% of my annual income. <laughs> but I'm Bruce Wayne. I don't need it. Oh, sorry. Uh... <laughs> I'm getting mixed up in my personas. <laughs> I'm sorry, Father. <laughs> Call me Bat Dad. <laughs> no, oh, I, I love that. That that is uh, one of M- Melissa L's favorite South Park sequences. It, it's the, the fight at the end of that episode where the boys are trying to not win in baseball. Right, and, right. And and uh, and uh, is it Stan? Oh, what what's Stan's dad's name? Oh, I am blank. Randy. Randy. Randy gets the fight with Bat Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and he's saying, "I'm the best." Around as his, as his, pant, as his pants, like, his pants just he's fall off. Singing. He's singing <laughs> he's, it to himself. He's singing it out loud, and his pants just fall off as he's as he's punching this guy in the face. Whoop! <laughs> oh, that's a South Park reference, folks. If you didn't catch on to that, <laughs> right? But, yeah. That's our Tuesday show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's talk about South Park. Right. <laughs> Uh, Batman goes down to the Narrows to investigate the drugs. Crane is there with his henchmen. Basically, uh, Crane gets the drop on Batman, uh, mm-hmm. gasses him, douses yeah. him with accelerant, lights him on fire. Batman basically has to jump out the window of like a three-story building. Thankfully, yeah, it's raining like, outside. Yeah, yeah. he pin, pinballs himself off the landings. Yeah. Uh, he's able to, to, to call Alfred on a cell phone, like a flip yeah, phone. My- <laughs> my favorite well, my favorite part of that narrow scene is of course Batman's there being his detective self mm-hmm. they show up and one henchman goes into the bathroom and Batman slams his head against the mirror then they cut back to the other henchman and Crane and the henchman goes to investigate and I, I've always loved it Crane immediately well, they're both facing the same direction henchman goes forward Crane exits stage left he's going straight to the mask Yep. Straight to his weaponized hallucinogen. I just, I've always, it's it's so brief and really not even mm-hmm. noticeable, but it just shows how how far advanced Crane is as a yeah. thinker. That something like immediately, that's not what I was expecting. I better suit up, yep. and 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 it it worked for him. Like you said, that's what allowed him to get the drop on Batman. Yeah, uh, and it you know it's you know unfortunately though Batman's biggest fear is bats, which he's already faced. So. <laughs> so sorry being lit on fire just isn't right. gonna isn't gonna scare batman you think oh that? no i see myself <laughs> so alfred picks him up bruce wakes up two days later yeah with alfred and lucius by his side lucius was able to synthesize an antidote um it also happens to be bruce's birthday that night big birthday party <laughs> happy birthday bruce yep 
So Rachel stops by and, and basically says, like, hey, I'm, I got to go check out the Narrows for my job. I know Falcone's down there. There's stuff going on. And Bruce, I can't come to your birthday. And Bruce is like, okay. Yeah. And, okay. I'm sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. Right. <laughs> but thanks for giving me back the arrowhead that I broke yeah. my leg over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you shielded onto it for that many years? Like, I know he was gone for a while, but. Yeah. Like, like nine-year-old Rachel should have given it back to him, like, as he's recuperating from a broken leg or whatever it was yeah, when he was a kid. Yeah, that would have been the, that would have been the kind like, thing to do. You fell down a well, here's the arrowhead. But instead, she was pure, you said finders keepers, so this is mine now. I found it, I keep it, despite your broken leg. I fell leg. down a well and broke my leg. Finders keepers, Bruce. Your parents your are rules. dead. Finders keepers. <laughs> right. Could have given it to you then as well, but yeah. nope. Finders keepers. And so she leaves and he immediately goes and takes off because he knows that she's in danger. Like, it's, you know, the Narrows, yeah. that's where everything You're bad going is going to happening. the Narrows, yeah. yeah. And and Alfred's like, what about your party? You know, Bruce has to be here to keep the ruse up. And he's like, I'll, I'll be back. Just, yeah. just, he says, I, I love this little line, tell him that joke you know. <laughs> <laughs> tell him that joke you know. <laughs> I did too. I always appreciate that. It's just yeah. so, like, it just it just gives so much, little things like that just give so many so much personality. Yeah, it does. To, between the relationships. Yeah, exactly. Already, I've already joked earlier. It's like, everybody's talking like this Rhodes Scholar with a with a thesaurus. Like, you know, nobody's just witty and bantery, yeah. but, but Bruce is comfortable enough with Alfred yeah. to be like, you got this. Just tell that joke, you know. So Rachel goes down to Arkham and basically Crane, she, she's got, she's got stuff on him. She's, and he, he's, he's basically like, okay. And he just brings her and shows her where they're dumping gallons of medicine into Gotham's water supply. This is where we right. make the medicine. Yeah. He gasses her with a super heavy dose of that same hallucinogen. Uh, and then the and then the lights go out, and uh, again, Killian Murphy at his best. Like all the other guys are freaking out, and Crane just like he's here, the Batman. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so confident. Like yeah. he's just uh, it just oozes out of him the confidence that yeah. he has. He feels he's complete control over everything thus far. Yeah. Of course, he has no idea about the antidote that Fox has yes. developed. So. He's got every reason to think that he's the winner. So Crane tells his men, call the police. And they're like, seriously? You want them coming here? It's like, yeah, we're, we're done. Too, we've been doing this for too, weeks. Too late. Nothing we, they can do now. We've been doing this for weeks. We're good. And so they call the police. They come. They surround the building. Um, cr- let's see. Batman gasses, um, gasses Crane in, in a uh-huh. great, great, great sequence of... Uh, what Crane see, sees Batman yeah. as as Batman's shaking him down. It's just like looks like this like living gargoyle. Yeah. Like, oh, it's... it looks so cool. Yeah. So the police surround him. Gordon runs in by himself. Everybody else is like, we're waiting for SWAT for this one guy. <laughs> waiting for backup. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Rachel's slipping away. You know, she got he- gassed really heavily, and Batman has this uh, this sonic device that basically calls bats for miles around in. And so the bats yeah. surround him and cover his escape. Yeah. While he, as Gordon says, "What are you waiting for? Backup. Backup. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's waiting on backup. We get it. Yeah. Here comes your thousands of bats. Yeah. And so basically, uh, he gets he gets Rachel in the tumbler, and, and we get a great car chase sequence as in the tumbler. Oh yeah. He's he's. He's jumping the tumbler from a parking garage to the roofs of different buildings. <laughs> right. And eventually... They're like, he's yeah. flying. <laughs> he's flying on rooftops. 
He ends up in Lower Wacker Drive because there's a Lower Wacker Drive in Gotham City. He ends up on the Eisenhower Expressway because there's an yeah. Eisenhower Expressway. Yeah, the, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I even love how he's heading head west out of Gotham. Like, yeah, he's on the Eisenhower. Like, yeah, that's where he's at. <laughs> he's yeah. on, he's on yeah. the Eisenhower. And so he gets. I was a, waiting for. Yeah. I was waiting for a Biddy's Beverage Depot. He, he goes. He goes through the Portillo's drive-through. Right. They throw Lakeshore Drive is on the soundtrack. Like. <laughs> He's listening to XRT. Like. Right. <laughs> it's Mad Cow in the morning. Mad Cow. <laughs> He's got the score on. Yeah. <laughs> the other Chicago reference. Right. <laughs> uh, so basically, he gets her back to the Batcave. Uh, he's able to get her a, uh, another dose of Lucius's antidote. Not, just be- not before, not before he yells, "Rachel, Rachel!" <laughs> like, like that. Like she's just falling asleep, and he's trying to wake her back up. No, she's <laughs> passing out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Because there's no way she could know that he knows her name. Yeah. It's like he didn't say it in your Bruce Wayne voice. Yeah. So we get a we get a, a quick little exposition scene here as we kind of hit start hitting the third act. Uh, back at Crane's drug lab, Gordon and a police detective scientist, I don't know, are like, well, they've been putting the wa- this stuff in the water for weeks. How come we haven't felt the effects? Well, it has to be absorbed through the lungs. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the science update and exposition yeah. update. <laughs> right. And that's important. Well, then we're yeah. okay then. Yeah. Unless you've lost a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A dehydrator, what they call it. It's the, not a dehydrator. But. The microwave emitter? Is that it? Microwave emitter, yeah. But it basically yeah. is a dehydrator. It basically, yeah. yeah. You can make jerky and yeah. fruit. Mm. Like, it's nice. <laughs> Apric- apricots. <laughs> right, right. right. Ap- or apricots, depending on where you live. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> right. So Bruce is back home. He goes upstairs to the party. Alfred's mad. I'm, I'm afraid that uh, you're getting lost inside this monster of yours. Uh, Bruce runs into Fox, and Bruce is like, you need to get back to Wayne Enterprises and make more antidote. And Fox, of course, doesn't question him. He just goes. Yeah, because... So basically, they figure out the plan. So the plan is, the drugs are in the water, and they're going to use this stolen microwave emitter, which Fox tells Bruce about, to evaporate the drugs, and everybody in the in the city will breathe it in at the same time and go nuts. Uh, so in the middle of this party, Ducard shows up. He's alive, yeah. Oz. Yeah. And it turns out... Some, some random rich blonde is like... Oh, Mr. Wayne, I'd like you to meet Raz Al Ghul. Mr. Raz Al Ghul. Right. Turns around and he looks like the first guy that tried to beat him up at that like Tibetan prison. Yeah. Like, Monk number three. It's it's his turn to be Raz Al Ghul. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, yeah, they're there and they're going to either recruit Bruce or they're going to take him out knowing that he's the only one that can probably stop him. Yeah. Um, Bruce, to save the people that are there, pretends to be drunk and kicks everybody out. Right. Ruining his reputation, but saving the, the people there that are in attendance. Uh, and so they, they attack him. They set the place on fire. Kind of similar to how the first Roz, or the first fake Roz, maybe, depending on yeah. perspective. Yeah. You know, was Ducard yeah. Roz the whole time? Well, and it's like, I, I think, I wouldn't even say he's probably Roz, because he gave this big, long, elaborate speech about basically being a symbol. Yeah. And I think Roz is just that symbol. Yeah, and it's so, a name, not a person. Yeah, I would yeah. say Ducard is title. probably, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Ducard is probably the Roz al Ghul that we're all mm-hmm. concerned with, but at the same time, 
it's it's more what it represents yeah. than who it is. So basically, Crane learned how to how to weaponize and aerosolize that blue flower from the beginning of the movie, and so that's the drugs that are that have been coming in. Ducard says that we're gonna kill we're gonna kill everybody in Gotham. We're gonna return it to mm-hmm. balance. We were gonna do this a couple dec- decades ago, but philanthropists like your father got in the way. Yeah. So that's why from the beginning of the movie, Ducard was so upset with the at the Wayne family. Thought he was weak. Right. Got He's playing the, the long game too. Yeah, he was. Like... <laughs> so basically, uh, they they Bruce gets knocked out. Alfred brings him down to the Batcave. Ducard and his men go into the city. They free all the inmates at Arkham. Uh, inmates at the prison. So they're all there. They're all in the Narrows in this in this central part of the city. Um. So yeah, he suits up and he's off. So we're we're clearly in Act Three here, guys. We're in the climax oh, of yeah. the film. Uh, Rachel gives D- Gordon a dose of the antidote. Roz's uh, Ducard's men arrive. They they put the transmitter on a train. Set off. Uh, they set it off. Everybody in the Narrows goes crazy. There's police there. Oh yeah. All these these uh, these inmates from Arkham got freed. There's residents. All the police are there, and they raise the bridges to try to lock everybody. Like all these uh, right. Yeah. All these escape yeah. escapees there. So all of like the tactical police force is there, and they're all now hallucinating. Yeah, everybody's seeing their biggest fear. Yep. Uh, so, I thought the coolest one was the like was that a cop on a horse? No, it, the, it, no, it was it was, only, it was it was Crane on a horse. Oh, Crane on a horse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, but looking at it, it's like he had red eyes, and it was really cool looking. Yeah, and like the, like the horse, was, Crane. yeah, the horse was like breathing fire. Yeah. Uh, Batman briefly runs into Rachel. And she's like, what's going on? He's like, it's not who I am underneath. It's what I do that defines me. I'm trying to fight all the crime of the world right now. But I remembered line for line Uh what you told me on my birthday. (laughs) Yep. So she knows he's Batman now. Oh, Uh, great point of point of view shot of him in his his um, his cape sort of um, like hovering uh, over over the everybody in the narrows kind of scared him away. Yeah, this is what I was thinking. It's like yeah. they look up and everybody sees like this demon bat. Yeah. It's so cool. So he ends up on the train with Ducard again. So again, Ducard's got the transmitter on the train. They're going to take the train to the middle of the city and it'll set off uh, you know, right. this, this this drug that's in the water supply citywide as opposed to just this one section that's already been infected. And so uh, I love Ducard makes a, a little quip to him. You took my advice about the theatricality a bit literally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that line. <laughs> and so they get in a big fight. Uh, and then in the meantime, uh, Batman had given, given Gordon the keys to the to the tumbler to the Batmobile. Yeah. Like you got to get ahead of the train, and you got to take out the train tracks. Like you got to right. bring this down. Yeah, because if this train gets to if it gets to to you know, the Wayne building. Yeah. That is, we're done. Yeah. There's no way out of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, something I'm going to re-reference here in a few minutes. I'll briefly mention it now. You got the, the, uh, the, the public works guys doing exposition in the meantime as well. If that <laughs> exactly. train reaches the city center, <laughs> then... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come, oh, no. yeah, I'm going to come back to that one in a few minutes. Oh, here, fair guys, enough, but, fair uh, enough. yeah. If it reaches the main tower, the whole city will go. <laughs> Well, thanks, Norm. I yeah. hadn't thought of that. <laughs> How about we go grab an Italian beef and Ditkas? <laughs> <laughs> Dobbers. <laughs> so basically, uh, Batman and Ducard get into a big fight on the train. Um, Gordon is able to take out the train tracks. 
Batman kind of beats up Ducard and says, "I'm like I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm not gonna save you." And so, oh, there's a pretty moral gray area there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Is that how that works? Not gonna. I'm not gonna kill you, but I will let you die. Yeah, (laughs) and be okay with it. Yes. So Batman basically. I didn't do it. Yeah. Wasn't me. (laughs) So, So he jumps off the train, and Ducard slash Roz plummets to his death. Uh, the microtransmitter, microwave transmitter blows up and the city is saved. Yay! Yay! We got a couple couple quick little epilogue sequences here, Oz. Uh, Bruce ended up buying the majority shares in Wen Enterprises and kind of rubbed it in yeah. Rutger Hauer's yeah, he, face. He, he he didn't give him the memo. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then he fires Earl. An, another... Yeah. Another instance where we drop a line earlier in the film that gets to re- repurpose mm-hmm. itself yep. later yep. on. So Earl's fire comes around. Yep, he puts Fox in charge, and Fox had been fired by Earl a little earlier as well. Yeah, uh, Wayne he, did, he didn't give him the memo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> At Wayne Manor, Bruce sealed up the well. He and Rachel share a moment and a kiss. Um, Gordon creates the bat signal, and there's a little a little preview of the Dark Knight. Yeah, there's this loony who's running around. He left his colleague card, the Joker card, at the scene. Right. <laughs> I just picture I just picture the Joker like going to different, you know, like going to Walgreens or CVS and buying up all their decks of cards just to take the two Joker cards out. <laughs> hey, he, put, he returns it. <laughs> he gets his yeah. money back. <laughs> Nobody uses the Joker card. This, but yeah, feels, just... this deck feels a little lighter. <laughs> oh, no, I, I never touched it. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, and that's basically it, Oz. That's, that's Batman yeah. Begins, Christopher Nolan's <laughs> 2005 movie. At this point in the show, folks, Oz and I give our own unique rating to the movie we've been yapping about. Mm. Oz, how would you rate Batman Begins? How would I... I would rate Batman Begins. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to go... I'm going to go... I'm just going to give it a nine and a half. Just normally we tie it to something. I'm just yeah. going to give it a number. I enjoy this and appreciate this movie so much. Uh, you know, it... it it just he nailed it. Nolan just yeah. nailed it. So, Great movie. Uh, I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. Mm-hmm. We were talking. No a l- joking aside. We were talking a little pre-show that uh, in some ways I enjoy this movie more than the um, than the more acclaimed The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, not and that's not disrespecting The Dark Knight. No, it's just the, no. The Dark Knight gets really heavy in some points, especially towards the end with some of the Two Face stuff, to the point yeah. that it's it's almost tough for me to watch it, and. Um, you know, this movie has some little levity moments and whatnot. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's an easier, more comfortable watch. It doesn't mean it's it he, doesn't mean it's, it's a better Batman's, movie, but yeah. yeah, it's Batman's just beginning. That's, that's it. <laughs> the yeah. dark Knight, also known as <laughs> Batman midlife. And then the dark Knight rises as Batman ends. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, uh, he, he's, he's, he's just beginning to, to develop the gravel in his voice. The next two <laughs> movies is pretty much unintelligible. Like, he just spits out rocks. <laughs> Swear to me! <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I want an Egg McMuffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like he, it's like he's constantly the person on the other end talking back. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's Charlie Brown's teacher. Yeah. It's, it's all trombone sounding. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to rate this movie as... I'm going to give it one gigantic drawer full of Kevlar armor. Okay. that was a really yeah. big drawer. That was a... It was a very long drawer. Yes. <laughs> like, back, back up, Bruce. I need to pull this drawer out. I know, right? 
That's that's not your like like standard file cabinet that you get from Office Depot. Mm-hmm. No. Next up in the rundown here, folks, we have Outside Insight, where Oz and I each bring some unprofessional review we found from the interwebs that just happens to make us chuckle. Oz, what's your Outside Insight? Uh, mine is a half-star review mm. uh, <laughs> on the rewatch by Dylan Jack Movies on Letterboxd. <laughs> Dylan so Jack he, Movies. Yeah, he rewatched it and then gave it a half-star. Mm. Capital. Worst Batman movie ever. Wow. Sure. Sure. The backstory of Bruce is good, but the darn cinematography and villain are not good. Every time I go watch the Batman movies, this is the one I get least excited for. (laughs) So he's a purist. He'll watch the movies. Hates this one, but he'll watch it anyway. (laughs) Well, it it doesn't have Joker or Catwoman in it. So how could it be good? So, uh, the reason I picked this one is, is for this, um, the, the cinematography and villain are not good. I did a little extra research. Batman Begins was nominated for one Oscar. Cinematography. <laughs> not good. Not according to this guy. Yeah, not according to, guy. what is it, like like Kevin Jack movie or whatever? Yeah, Dil- Dil- Dylan, Dylan Jack sorry, movies. Sorry, yeah. Dylan Jack movies. But yes, it was nominated for one Oscar. That Oscar was cinematography. Uh, and But it's the worst Batman movie ever. Particularly the Schumacher the movies have better cinematography than this one. So <laughs> I'd rather watch the watch the rubber ice flail around in the scene <laughs> than Batman and Robin. Be cool, <laughs> everyone, chill. <laughs> um, so, how about you? My, what's your what's your outside insight? My outside insight comes from the Internet Movie Database. One star out of ten. This is Dream X One, or perhaps it's a Dream Zone. Maybe five. Utter waste of time. A lot of little fanboys rigging the rating for this lackluster sequel. First of all, it's not a sequel, but... No, it's, no, yeah. it's literally called Begins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a complete joke. Christian Bale was basically playing his American Psycho character in a bat suit. My, Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman were brought in as window dressing. <laughs> All I kept thinking the whole time he was on screen is, why is he in a Batman film? Is this really a Batman film? <laughs> oh, the agony of it all. This movie sucked, and the fanboys just can't admit to themselves. The agony. The agony. Oh, the agony. Won't someone please think of the, ch- think of the children? Where's my like pearl the- necklace for me to clutch? Oh. oh. <laughs> Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> laced with smilex <laughs> the agony oh the agony of it all dream zone five. Oh, the agony fanboys please admit it <laughs> oh oh and folks we're at that point of the show you've all been waiting for our signature segment the three two one in which oz and i each share three goods two bads and one huh about the movie we've been talking about in this case 2005's batman begins oz what are your three goods uh, my first one, I love the scale of this movie. Like, uh, you know, everything in 89 Batman was huge, but everything in 89 Batman was still in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas this movie, we, we traverse the yeah, globe a little it's, bit. It's global. It's literally a global we, movie. And, and we, we, we still flesh out Gotham. Like we've got Arkham, we've got, you know, there's just, it, it's just scale. It, it's yeah. big, 
but it's not grand. It just it it feels like Chicago. Oh, <laughs> I wonder I wonder why it feels like Chicago. <laughs> By the way, folks, we've been referencing Chicago a lot. <laughs> Most of this movie was shot in Chicago. Yeah. So if yeah. It, if there's a reason why it looks like Chicago, just the first two though. The first two movies were shot in Chicago. Yes. The third one, I think, they went Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yes. That's yeah. why that's why Heinz Ward was there. Exactly. The, the football scene was at Heinz Field. Different it Heinz. Was. Yeah. His, no, it's his. It's, they named it after him. He's that good. They Number gave eight. it to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so no, I really I love the scale of this movie. Yeah. It just it it feels there's there's room like. Uh, you know, especially two weeks ago, like all the rogues gallery were basically, they were in like a tiki bar or a submarine for the entire movie. <laughs> you know, like this just, it feels like there's room to breathe. There's room to move around. And it, and it just, it really adds some, some scale to the movie. Yes. Two, uh, Christian Bale is my favorite Bruce Wayne. Um, I really, and you made a reference to it in your, uh, outside insights. I really think him playing Patrick Bateman in American Psycho helped him, um, just because he has played that, you know, holier than thou, rich, snobby, you know, and it 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 helped it helped his it helped us believe he could be Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. um, you know, behind the cow, whatever. Because realistically, you know, it's stuntmen doing a lot of the work anyway. But uh, but I, Adam West was great as Bruce Wayne, but that's such a campy. Yeah, uh, and and I played it. You know, I talked last week how. You know, Michael Keaton was basically Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Uh, but I really feel Bale, he looked the part, you know, he just, he fit it. And so that's my second. I just think he, mm-hmm. he this is the best Bruce Wayne performance we've covered so far. Yes. Um, and third is, I really, really liked the portrayal of how thin the line is between what Batman's doing and what Ducard is doing. Sure. Um you know, the fact that they, they played it up that the, you know, they basically trained together. Ducard, quote unquote, taught him everything he knows, mm-hmm. except for what's in his heart. And that's really, you know, that will is the only thing separating Bruce from being the leader of the League of Shadows. Um, and so I really did like just, they portrayed it without it being overly heavy handed. Because, you know, they, there was a lot of heavy handedness yeah. uh, in this movie. And this was one that... They sprinkle it on at the beginning. They bring it up a little bit at the end. But in reality, it's a very thin line between between Batman and Ducard, Batman and his villains. And uh, and I I really liked how they they played that out without without driving without hitting the nail over the head, yeah. or beating a dead horse, or whatever analogy you want to use. Sure. So I, what about you? What are your goods? My goods, uh, I mentioned a little bit before, but I love just the, the the relationships and kind of going back to what you just said a moment ago about how heavy this movie can get sometimes. And even like this whole trilogy can get. I love the levity amongst Bruce and Lucius and Alfred. You know, they all respect each other. They all genuinely enjoy each other. They all get each other. Um, and just the little, the little funny, like the humor, humorous interactions between them. Like tell, tell them that joke, you know. Or, yeah. or when Lucius, like, like Bruce kind of sees the tumbler tucked in a corner in the science division of, of Wayne Enterprises. Hey, what's that over there? Oh, that? You wouldn't be interested in that. Like, like just these fun little reactions to each other. And again, it's... It sh- yeah, there's, yeah, there's even a little line. I think they're on the, the plane when he's picking Bruce up, you know, from Tibet or yep. wherever. He mm-hmm. makes some comment. And Lucius is like, you know, oh, I suppose you can have the keys to the rolls. Just bring a field up. You know, it's yeah. just... You know, they, they just, they can let their guard down around each yeah, other. Yeah, they, they can be each other. It's, you know, some of the very, very few instances in which in which Bruce Wayne can just be Bruce. 
Like just right. the, just the man, you know, without not right. the Bruce Wayne persona, not the Batman persona, the actual human there. Uh, my second would be the hallucination sequences. Oh, they're just so awesome. The way they film them and how they differ from one another. Because, again, it's basically, as you said before, Oz, it's each, each, each character's perception of their worst fears in that moment based on what on what their senses are telling them right then and there. And, you know, whether it be, you know, like like bugs crawling out of Scarecrow's mouth or right. or like like black liquid seeping out of Batman's face or or, the, so or cool. a horse breathing fire or, you know, like like the just like like the blue eyes and like that, like like that stuttering camera effect that you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Oh, it, it's just so great the, the way they did that. Uh, my last good is Gary Oldman's open mouth acting. His mouth is his mouth is open a lot in this movie because he's always kind you, of you love body acting. Last week was Keaton's eye eyes know, and torso, his, yes, his eye and torso acting. And this week it's Gary Oldman's open mouth acting. There's a lot of sequences in this movie in which he's kind of bewildered and astonished, or sort of reacting to things, and his mouth is open a lot, like oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, like like when he's in the he's in the tumbler and it pulls him down in, into like, oh, yeah. like the weapon sequence. His mouth is open the whole time. Oh, and it was really cool because we'd <laughs> seen that we'd seen that sequence once with Batman, who of mm-hmm. course knew what was going on, and yeah. so he was all for it. But yeah, you're right. Like Gordon was like, basically, he was so reluctant to go. Like he had no choice, but yeah. he was just like, I don't know what <laughs> oh. this is doing. So yes, Gary Oldman's open mouth acting. <laughs> Oz, what are your two bads for Batman Begins? Uh, I, I mentioned. Did you know that this movie was about fear? I didn't catch on to that at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's no. my first. It's just you know, it's just the heavy handedness of the yeah. fear theme from from falling down a well to watching your parents get shot to I mean everything to the hallucinogens, the whole nine yards. Yeah, like okay, this movie's about fear. We get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. And it's fine. Like, I'm fine with the theme. It just seems so ham-fisted. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) Right, you know, like Bruce Wayne sits down in Falcone's bar and Falcone just starts going, you know, fear, that's what I've got. You you know, and it's (laughs) like, oh my gosh, like, okay, I get it. Fear's the driving force of everything. And that's what Batman needs if he's going to succeed. Don't come in here with your anger. (laughs) I'm sorry. There's just something great about that that awful delivery. (laughs) Oh, it is. It's terrible. But it is. It's it's great, though. But, yeah, that's my first one is the heavy-handedness of the fear Mm -hmm. thing. My second one, and we talked about it earlier, is the police interaction with Bruce after his parents were killed. Yeah. Where Gordon basically kneeling down to be like, it's it's okay. Yeah. And no, he's like, I, no. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's okay. As an adult man, I don't live with my parents either, so you'll be fine, Bruce. Uh, and then the chief popping in, good news, kid, we got him. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> like, like that. That was Bruce's big thing. Is like, it's awful that my parents died, but it's even worse that he got away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, yeah, good news, he got him. So those are my two bads. Okay, the, the the heavy-handed fear and then the, just the bumbling police interactions with a kid like yeah <laughs> it'll be all right it'll be all right yeah you think you'd bring like a social worker in or someone who's trained yeah. in and how to deal with yeah. crisis and trauma and the immediacy right. of and the urgency of that now we got him it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah you don't have to be afraid <laughs> we got him <laughs> that kid that the guy that killed your parents we got him yeah all taken care of <laughs> Bruce is going to go, whoo, <laughs> dodged a bullet that time. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, too soon. 
All right, what are your what are your bads? My two bads. Uh, I'm gonna go with the first one. More Scarecrow slash Killian Murphy. So, I, arguably my favorite performance in the whole movie. Like yeah. Christian Bale's great. Morgan Freeman great. Um, Tom I, Wilkinson great. Tom Wilkinson <laughs> will come back up here in a moment. Katie uh, <laughs> Katie Holmes is great. Sure, she gave it the old college. She gave <laughs> she, she was fine. She gave it the old college try. Yeah, honestly though, I mean. Maggie Gyllenhaal is a much better actress, but I can't say Maggie Gyllenhaal's Rachel Dawes yeah. is any better than Katie Holmes. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it was her performance was as ba- quite as bad as some people make it out to be. I don't think it was great by any means, but like it was no. fine. It was okay, and it was and and as much as we love Secretary, like it was not an attractive Maggie Gyllenhaal role. Like yeah, like they. I mean, because I, I just I felt bad. That, yeah. For her, that's like, we're going to pitch you here, but we're not going to... And that's okay to then dollar up. I mean, I'm fine with just the naturalistic beauty of things, but, um, you know, it is what it is. So. Yeah. But yeah, more Killian Murphy. He was he was amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite working actors in Hollywood. That guy's great in everything he does, and I wanted to see more of him just because he's that good. Uh, my other bad... Yes, Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't oh, see that coming. Oh, man. He was chewing some scenes, guys. Yeah. From the, Al- yeah. From the late stage Al Pacino school of acting. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. Don't come down here with your anger. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sick. Savage in a hospital. <laughs> It's like he was <sighs> channeling his Burgess Meredith penguin impersonation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. The, but he wasn't the off. penguin. No. Oh yeah, Tom Wilkinson. Sorry, man. That was. You've done better work, but not in this movie. Yeah. Not in this no, movie. No. no, that's okay. Way over the top. All right, Oz. What's your one? Huh. Uh yeah, this is fun. Um, I how did Christopher Nolan get away with mixing the evil plans of two previous Batman movies? Mm-hmm. We're going to take the, basically the microwave emitter dehydrator from Batman 66. Yep. And then we're going to take a toxic gas that we're going to spread across Gotham from Batman 89. Mm-hmm. And we're going to merge those two together. And that is going to be like, that's going to be the big plan in this movie. And until we talked about it really a couple of weeks ago, it was like, I never really even picked up on it until oh, we yeah. started talking Same. about it. Same. It's it's sixty six and eighty nine like those evil plans put together yeah in, into one plan and but but I think by grounding it in some sort of realistic scientific basis yeah. we were like it didn't feel the same because you know they explained what that microwave emitter was actually going to be used mm-hmm. for they you know we got a background on where the fear toxin came from and it's like but yeah that's my huzz it's like not a whole I guess not really an original movie out of Nolan then. Mm-hmm. Batman has been done before. The dehyd the dehydrator toxic gas has been done before. So Nolan, yeah, didn't really go back to he, he didn't create a new Batman for us. So <laughs> uh duped us though. But that's my huh. What's yeah. yours? My huh is uh did we really need the 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 public works exposition guys at the end there? <laughs> like Yeah we did. Did we really need them? Because I, I thought by that point it was already established that okay. They're gonna use the, the the thing, use the emitter to you know vaporize the, right. the the water and gas everybody. Oh no! If the train makes it to Wayne Enterprises in the middle of the city, <laughs> the whole city will go. But 
to be fair, like I think, and this isn't being derogatory, but I think callers can speak to each other. Like we got the explanation out of like Wayne Enterprises higher ups. Blue collar workers made like you ain't talking to me. That isn't to me. <laughs> but then we got the blue collar exposition coming out of the the maintenance guys, and it's like. Oh, I didn't even think that was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they had to have so. like, like the most Chicago accent guy oh, up yeah. there. <laughs> like all he was missing was like, like, hey, me my Polish sausage. <laughs> exactly. John and Aaron, Buka de Beppo. <laughs> I got a 20 right in the bears this week. <laughs> but cracky. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take my car to Victory Auto Records. <laughs> so, yep. Whether or not we needed the exposition guys, they were there. So why not? Why not, why not have some fun with them? Yeah, why not? Like uh, Tom Tom Wilkinson shouldn't have been the only one that got to chew the scene. So yeah. we'll let these guys have their bite. Gary Fensick was my favorite player on the 85 Bears defense. (laughs) (laughs) They don't come tougher than Keith Van Horn. (laughs) Oh, man. So you gotta love it. Whatever. You know, it's like if you're going to be Chicago, you might as well go Chicago. Might as well go full Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps up week three of Batman month. Yes. 2005 Batman's Begins. Oh, uh-huh. Oz, what do we got in store next week? We are going to wrap up with the the mo- the latest Batman mm. origin story, the uh, Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Um, or The Batman. The Batman. Or Tahi Batman, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Pattinson's The Batman, The Batman, is, uh, we'll, we'll be rounding, uh, or we'll be finishing up Batman, Batman month, uh, next week, next mm-hmm. week with Pattinson's. I've seen the movie. I really liked it. I really did. Um, mm-hmm. And know, I have not yet seen it, so, so I'm excited yeah. for you to watch mm-hmm. it. Uh, it. I've already, I've already got the playings of a movie marriage in mind. But okay. I'll, of course, watch it again. I've watched it somewhat recently, you know, within the last couple of months. But uh, you know, I'll w- definitely watch it again, you know, with uh, a little bit more critical eye to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, it was really good. I really liked it. Um, I was a little apprehensive just because it's like another Batman, another origin, another, you know, and then like, but I, I think Pattinson catches a bad break. I think everybody ties, you know, the Twilight films to him. Um, But I do think he is a much more accomplished thespian than, than those movies dictate. And he definitely showcases it here uh, as a, Mm -hmm. as a very, as a very broken Bruce Wayne. So Mm. Uh, I think you'll like it, so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you, and we will discuss it next week. Um, And so, uh, for Let's Talk About Flicks, make sure you guys check us out. We do have a new home. We are hosting our podcast on Anchor FM. Uh, Nothing changes for you. Wherever you consume your podcast, uh, everything should be up and running, and you should be able to continue digesting this as you go along. Uh, So be as Tom Wilkinson as you like, and chew up all our podcasts. Um, (laughs) 
you know, we'll still, be, of course, be on YouTube, and we'll, of course, we're still on social media. So uh, we'd love to get more interaction with you guys. We'd love to hear what you guys would like. If there's any topics or themes you'd like to hear, mm-hmm. uh, I, we have had a couple that we're going to try and filter in in upcoming months. We've got our calendar kind of mapped out a little bit, but I'm sure there's some flexibility somewhere Oh, yeah, in there. we could be flexible if our viewers demand. Very much so. Uh, and so, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a shout-out. You know, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, of course, you know, we've mentioned uh, Patreon, but that's that's just icing on the cake. So, um, but with that, I guess we're finishing up week three. We'll be back to finish up Batman month next week with the Batman. Uh, and for Let's Talk About Flicks, I'm Oz. I'm Curtis. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>